anarchists, violent mobs, arsons, looters, criminals, rioters. Poor kids are just as bright and just as tall as white kids. I said, please don't be too nice. We choose truth over facts. I am your president of law and order. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the go, you know the you know the thing. In the white room with black curtains in the station. Episode 50, bitches. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's fucking go. Let's go. 50 of these hoes down. That is insane to me. It feels feels simultaneously like fucking we started nine years ago and nine Mm. days ago at the same time. Time is nuts. Mm. Um, I have no perception of when this podcast began. It's really really (laughs) fucking wild. You could tell me I've been doing this my whole life for a week. Um... How was you did a little politics hour on Twitch last night? How'd that go? Yeah, it was all right. Uh, basically, I like I was arguing with this dude about whether like the African descent of like Dominican people, and he was like saying like, "Oh yeah, um, just most Dominican people are like mulatto or mestizo or whatever you want to call it." And then he was like, "So it sh- you shouldn't call them." All, all the way black necessarily. So you shouldn't call Dominican people black, is what you're saying? Basically, he should go make that argument in the Bronx. <laughs> that would be. That would be. I think that would be funny. Yeah. That would be a good video. We should yeah. take him to the Bronx and let him make that argument with some Dominicans and yeah, see know, right? see how they feel about if they're black or not. I was just floored. <laughs> I was just like, I mean, I guess there's probably some point in there, but it's just like. So fucking, it's semantics. Yeah. What are we arguing about? Yeah, I was like, this is not productive whatsoever. Yeah, uh, annoying. But um, we are recording this episode. Not only is it our 50th episode, Joe Biden finally waived the patent so the rest of the world can have access to the COVID vaccine. Mm-hmm. Huge, huge, huge victory for people over profit. Um, all the pharmaceutical company stocks are fucking tanking. Woohoo! Let's celebrate yeah. that a little bit. Hell yeah! And uh, it is—it's crazy, dude. I was watching the news, and you know, I keep up with all this stuff. And I noticed a couple days ago, all of a sudden, the mainstream media was asking Joe Biden about waving the patents. And I think it shows one thing: like, a when you kick up a storm on social media, and it really—and and you're right, mm-hmm. people will start listening. And I think people really started to listen. Basically culminating in a situation where there was this enormous amount of social pressure on the Biden administration to do this on top of all the other just moral reasons why this is the right thing to do. So there was there was political pressure there, and I think everyone needs to applaud themselves for creating that political pressure. It doesn't happen without you know all the propaganda screaming at the top of their lungs. We don't get here. But I did think it was suspicious that all of a sudden the mainstream media was asking about this and focused on it. Almost felt to me like I guess the important people got their money out of the pharmaceutical companies, and it was time to cut and run. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> like, all right, fuck them other people. Yeah, yeah, we're out. That's yeah. what it feels like because at the end, and because it, it really felt like, I mean, if you asked me a week ago if I thought Biden was going to do this, I would have told you no, ain't no way because it really didn't seem like they were gonna. When you asked Jen Psaki, she was really cagey about it. It did not look like they were going to do this at all. All of a sudden, the mainstream media starts hitting them with this, and all of a sudden they start listening. And this mirrors to me how the Obama administration was particularly perceptive to the corporate media over even people. Um, and I don't know. It just seems really weird because this pressure for them to do this from the people has been has been going on for weeks, months. But the pressure um, from the mainstream media, I, it, it just seems to be picking up. They were asking both Biden and Dr. Fauci was on a program and he was getting grilled about it. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Fauci tried to like say – 
well, I'm agnostic on if we should waive the patents. And it's yeah. like, dude, agnostic, you're the chief medical advisor to the president. If he <laughs> asks you, you have to know what yeah. you're taking. What, I'm agnostic? What, what the exactly. fuck is your what job? What are you talking about, what, bro? Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> that shit is so nuts to me. Yeah, um, also, I don't know if you saw the video of the, the disabled guy. Um, yes. In the, so, in the yeah, chair it's with good the, that you brought the, this up. Um, I don't know exactly what the term. Yeah, there was a disabled guy who was asking Joe Biden questions during mm-hmm. after the I think it was after the primary during the election. Joe Biden's answering questions and he asks, you know, are you going to waive this threat of the world? And Joe Biden said, absolutely, it's the only humane thing to do. No, what do you say? Absolutely, positively. <laughs> Absolutely. Which I thought he was going to say no right after yeah, that. Yeah. Like, Absolutely positively like, not. no, <laughs> Jack. <laughs> like, that's what I really thought he was going to say. If someone tells you absolutely positively, they're bullshitting. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, that doesn't sound like a confident yeah, yeah. answer. That's, <laughs> oh, absolutely. Positively. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get right on that, boss. Uh, yeah, come on. Um, and, yeah, so people were really slamming him with that video. And... Uh, Fauci then, when pushed, made this argument like, well, it's going to take them a while to get the technology, so really what we should be doing is selling them our vaccine cheaper, la, 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 And they basically just treated waiving the patent as like a non sequitur. And it's like, no, 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 this is the right thing to do. Like 100% unequivocally the right thing to do. Glad they finally listened, but it did seem to me like all of a sudden the corporate media was on board with waiving the patent, like overnight. And they're grilling mm-hmm. Fauci, they're grilling Biden, they're grilling Psaki, and now it changes. And But, you know... It's worth analyzing because I think we have to look at who really wields power in this country. Mm-hmm. And in both the Obama and Biden administrations, the corporate media infrastructure, the, the elite, political elite, really do have a huge say. Um, look at how, you know, there's endless books that have been written about how certain column writers were hugely influential in the Obama administration. I think Biden's definitely carrying that legacy. Obviously, Trump um, was not, <laughs> didn't do that. Um, and so that's one of the, I think the biggest contrasts between the two, because at the end of the day, a lot of the policy is the same. So mm-hmm. funny. I saw a conservative put up the chart of Biden handing out more military surplus than Trump did to the police. Mm. Like everything's unequivocally worse under Biden than Trump. And it's like, so are you against arming yeah, the police well, now? Yeah, what are you talking well, like, about? Like, it's so funny how, like, the second uh, mm. Democrats in there, they have the right opinions because they're just trying to get an own <laughs> on, on the Democrats. It's it's really, like... But it's a cell phone. Like, yeah, no, it It's just, is. like, it's a self-report, honestly. Yeah, yeah it is. It's yeah. just like, yeah, I don't give a fuck unless it's red or blue, but... Yep, you know. yep. <laughs> and um, uh, Sager posted um, this huge... Uh, and I don't know, you, if you guys don't follow me, shit, on Instagram, eSager, um, this is at... He posted this chart, and it was people's perception of the economy, um, and it was tracking Democrats and Republicans, and the Democrats <laughs> fucking immediately thought the economy was doing great the second after Inauguration mm-hmm. Day, and the Republicans immediately, like, literally, it, their Democrats went up 70%, Republicans went down 70%, yeah. like, in one day. Like, no, 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 nothing in the economy shifted, yeah. but it was just like, who's guys in there? Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's truly... Um, it, you know, I guess this goes into our next topic. Um, and I get, what I want to eventually get to is the fact that Biden's going to be using private firms to track extremism online. Mm-hmm. That's the ultimate point of this episode. And it seems really, of course, 50th episode. It seems like, yep, about this is about right. You look at what we were talking about, episode one. We're, mm-hmm. we're well down the track now, episode 50. And yeah. we're at the point where they're now hiring private firms to go after extremists. We're going to get a little more into that later. What I first want to talk about, because this ties into how they keep people super divided and at each other's throats, which is what we were just talking about, kind of. I would like to play the woke CIA ad. 
Oh, yeah. By the time this episode gets released, we have a bit of a backlog. Um, we're recording this on the Wednesday after the Monday. Both the woke CIA ad yeah, it's... and the announcement about Biden tracking extremists came out. Happened mm-hmm. on the same Monday. It's now Wednesday, and we're reacting to it. I think the episode is going to come out the following Monday. So when you're listening to this, the previous Monday is when this all happened. Yes, it's Cinco de Mayo right now. It's Cinco de Mayo. Just right so now, you guys yeah. know. And then we're really going to be releasing this the Monday, probably following Cinco de Mayo. But um, this happened two two days ago, and uh, it really just. It goes into so much. And I know people are probably, if you're on Twitter, you're probably tired of hearing about this and hearing discourse about it. Mm. But I promise you we have some really good points to make that no one else has been making. Um, I'm not bullshitting. So, But you want to let that spin? Let's let it spin. All right. When I was 17, I quoted Zora Neale Hurston's How It Feels to Be Colored Me in my college application essay. The line that spoke to me stated simply, I am not tragically colored. There is no sorrow dammed up in my soul nor lurking behind my eyes. In case eyes. I didn't make this clear, this is a CI. This is an ad for the CIA. I had no idea what life would bring, but Sora's sentiment articulated so beautifully how I felt as a daughter of immigrants then and now. Nothing about me was or is tragic. I am perfectly made. Yeah, white leftists, don't tell me I'm oppressed. It's like is over the also belting Guayaquil de mis amores in Spanish. I can change a diaper with one hand and console a crying toddler with the other. (laughs) I am a woman of color. I am a mom. I am a cisgender millennial who's been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. (laughs) I am intersectional, but my existence is not a checking exercise. This is a scary walking declaration. A woman whose inflection does not rise at the end She's of now walking against a wall of like, a all, like J. Edgar Hoover, just all the worst old white Ricky piece of shits. They're showing a photo for shaking John McCain's hand. I mean, this is not. <laughs> I earned my way in and I earned my way up the ranks of this organization. I am educated, qualified, and competent. And sometimes I struggle. I struggle feeling like I could do more, be more to my two sons. And I struggle leaving the office when I feel there's so much more to do. I used to struggle with imposter syndrome, oh but at 36, I refuse to internalize misguided patriarchal ideas of what a woman can or should Holy be. Holy shit. This is I just made to get Tucker Carlson mad. Like I'm supposed to apologize for the space I occupy rather than intoxicate people with my effort. My I've brilliance. heard enough. I've heard enough. I'm proud of I've heard enough. <laughs> That's, please stop. <laughs> Make it quit. Oh my god. Alright. Yeah, that where to even fucking begin? What's your reaction? Um, you know, just fucking cap and yeah. you know. I think we should utilize the soundboard whenever she's like Oh yeah, fiftieth episode extravaganza. We have a soundboard now. Yeah. So uh just so you guys know whatever whatever she was talking about, like, oh I, I have a, imposter syndrome. Yeah, I have a positive syndrome. Fuck no baby. <laughs> <laughs> that whole video was an entire fuck no baby. There you go. That, I mean, that was my reaction to the whole shit. I, all right. First of all, speaking Spanish in a fucking recruitment ad for the intelligence agency for the country that's holding Spanish people in concentration camps. That's great. That's yes. fucking wild. Yeah. Uh, just off rip. That's like that's that's, that's wild. Um. Yeah. I mean, first off, this should go to show and we talked on the Ted Matrakis episode a little bit about how obviously the capitalists and the opposition have been able to co-opt the language of inclusivity and identity politics <coughs> that's been something that's been going on for years what's a little harder to 
um, co-opt is economic justice language, but people like Andrew Yang have been able to accomplish that. But I think what's so interesting about this is like, sure, corporations and liberals that don't necessarily care and a lot of political actors in bad faith have been able to co-opt the impo- like, you know, uh, fucking any identity politics and just catering to like, yeah, if you have a generalized anxiety order disorder, you matter yeah. and you're hurt. Yeah, and you can make it to where I am right now. Yeah. It's like, while if you still, just work hard enough, I earn this. Yeah, well, like, but but yeah, exactly. But yeah. The, while I, I work hard enough, I'm so glad you brought that up. Like, mm. that's what it's really about. It's yeah. about... It's about yeah. See, anyone could do this, and it's it's your fucking fault if you can't, loser. Yeah, and like, exactly. it's just about maintaining this hierarchical system. All that that's what the corporate co-option's about. I think often mm. is about see, anyone can do it. You just got to work hard. That's what a lot. Like I think when it happens on the corporate side, that's what it's about. This CIA ad, I think, is you know years after the original incarnation of this identity politics stuff, this representation stuff in this kind of bad faith way. Now you have a CIA putting out an ad. And I think the CIA has much more sinister intentions and goals with what they're doing with this ad. Mm. Um, And I guess where I'd start is we were kind of talking about how divided people are. So much of, and I guess, let me come up with a term for you guys. So listeners, I'm going to call the political apparatus that they have set up right now that Mm. keeps Republicans fuming. And the Democrats fuming and keeps the culture war fueled. I'm going to refer to that as the illusion. Mm. That's the illusion. And I one of one of the core I think things that needs to be um, part of the illusion they're building is that at least for conservatives they have to feel like they're a under attack. Mm-hmm. That's a huge part of the whole <clears throat> fascist mindset, right? Oh, they yeah. They're constantly being a victim of some sort yes. in any way possible. Yes. Whether are. that's just being the most bullshit thing you've ever heard in your life. Yeah. It, it doesn't have to have <laughs> yeah. any basis in reality, yeah. but it's it's this victimhood. Mm. We're under attack. And there's this real belief that, like, the wokes have taken over everything. Mm. And first, I think before we even, you know, bring me back to the wokes have taken over any, everything. Let me rewind. The, the the hagiography of the term woke hagiography I don't even know what that word means that might not even be the right word but the fucking <laughs> the fucking evolution of, of the use of the word woke yeah. over the past decade I think is so interesting because at first I remember when you were like when in in 2012 when you were taking acid and listening to Flatbush Zombies and Capital Steez and talking about how like the fucking schools are meant to imprison your mind that was being woke. And yeah. woke was kind of this like, oh, he's too woke, like your yeah, third exactly. eye open. Yeah. And then it kind of became where it wasn't even about race, but it was used by like black mm. Twitter. It was kind of mm. like this black black community catch all for like, you know, yeah. and like even the example I used, it was mm. like in hip hop culture. Like if you're listening to Flatbush and Capital Steez and like mm. kind of out there, it's like, oh, you're woke. And woke was just kind of this thing that was like thrown around, not in. It didn't mean what it means now. Yeah. It it woke actually did used to describe, I think, like the dirtbag left mm-hmm. and people who wouldn't be woke by today's standards of what the word means. Yeah. So at some point woke kind of changed. And I think there's key pivotal moments in that, like D Ray yeah. wearing a shirt that says hashtag woke and yeah. then it becoming yeah, more and that about that whole like ad campaign that went along with that and stuff like that. Like, do you not remember that? There yeah, was like, that's there was what like, I'm referencing. Yeah. But like, yeah. That's what that's essentially what I'm saying. Yeah, you know? no, a hundred percent. And uh, and then also, uh, I don't know if you know Hassan Abi. They used to call him Woke Bay. 
whenever he was like on the the Young Turks and stuff like that, and he was like doing all that type of stuff, and yeah. was really pushing back on people and was sort of this young face for like this the white leftist you know what i mean yeah 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 that i think that was sort of a pivotal moment too yeah it's like everything sort of shifted to like oh this is a person who de- per, like personifies all of it you know what i mean but kind of so attractive <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah no and calling him Mook bay i think it is representative of like almost the older incarnation of the term because mm-hmm. hasanabi i don't think is out here like talking about like we need to have imposter syndrome representation with clapping emojis like yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. really that's not that's not what he's saying he's a good no like, i know leftist I, commentator like I, yeah you know, i know like, i'm saying yeah. so when they call him woke bay it's almost in that older incarnation of the mm. term and there's this older i think like pre i almost feel like derived in the same way that you could call migos going on ellen like the pivotal moment when hip-hop changed mm. i think d-ray becoming a prominent figure was that first real moment where black lives matter was completely getting co-opted by this corporate kind of structure. Mm. He was getting invited to these events where he's wearing a hashtag woke shirt and he's advertising Doritos and Colgate and Dove Soap. And like, he's this corporate friendly Black Lives Matter activist from Ferguson. Mm. And that's how he made his bones. What's funny is, you know, Darren Seals and 17 other activists are missing, the people who really wanted to make change. And then you have this kind of careerist guy, D-Ray, who, you know, I don't know him, I don't know his intentions, but he's a careerist. He's built a beautiful career in the corporate fucking carcass. And uh, he that is, I think, when woke started to mean people like him who are more focused on, like, we need to get these old white men out of here. Like, doing tweets like that for an easy 20K retweets <laughs> to build your brand. Yeah. Like, I woke, st- woke went from being... People who are like on the fringes trying to fight for a different world and break free of their chains mm. to people who are trying to lighten the chains on themselves and climb up the chains up to the yeah, top. Yeah, exactly. That it woke completely shifted. Mm. Um, and now woke has very little. I mean, I'm sure in the conservative mindset it's associated with Black Lives Matter, mm. but woke, when you think of woke, you think of the antagonist of a Ben Shapiro video, someone with blue hair on Xanax who yeah. can't make a good argument and is calling someone like a racist perv, like, the, like you know, the one person they single out because they can't explain socialism well. Mm. That's now, in people's minds, what woke means. Woke means the HR lady in their department that fired their buddy, you know, Paul, who was a white, just because he was a white guy and replaced him with a woman. Yeah. Like, woke means, like, all this other shit that it didn't initially mean. Yeah. Um, it, it essentially is just, like, anything to, to combat, like, you know, social progress of any kind. Yeah. In, in a way. It, it's is, become a catch, is what it feels like. Uh, it's yeah, become catch-all, a catch-all. Um, and, and the reason why being a catch-all is a problem is because I think it's so tied now, not to its or what it originally was, but this really corporate kind of purposefully divisive, anti-communist, pro-capitalist kind of mindset. Mm. Um, and yeah, and, and, and this mindset that is more about pushing people down and becoming the oppressor yourself than actually ending exploitation. Mm. Woke has represented in people's minds the worst aspects and tendencies of this movement, and then everyone gets lumped in with that. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. It's it's very much, it's very similar to kind of the way that we use like, I can't even, you know what's funny? It's because we suck at messaging. We don't even have an equivalent label on the right. We really don't. Um, and, and it, there should be, cause there really isn't a catch all that takes, uh, that defines people as the worst of the group. 
other than chuds. like white supremacist and chud. Yeah, but chud. but white supremacist is so much more <laughs> really grounded in something definable mm. where people can go, oh well, technically I'm not a white supremacist. Woke is this indefinable thing, so mm. you just get it's this huge net that catches everybody. Um, yeah, that's an interesting point. Yeah, I never really. It's changed it over way. the decade, yeah, I mean, right? And you remember back, I mean, like, woke was kind of like what you'd say about someone that took too much acid. Or, yeah, or, or somebody who just, like, made this. I, I remember even freshman year, I would be, like, making a point, like, oh, yeah, black people should do. This is before I was even, like, political, really, really. Uh, political like, a leftist being like, oh, yeah, Eric Gardner shouldn't have been killed for selling cigarettes on the street or something, something to that effect. And then it was just like, oh, well, that's woke or something like that like the points around it that i was saying oh that's just woke bullshit you yeah know? yeah I, I remember that it's happening a, it, to it, me, it, so like, it gets used to dismiss <clears throat> yeah it gets used to dismiss a hundred percent it's used to just go oh i know what this is it's woke bullshit and, yeah exactly and because it, your good point of like this guy shouldn't get killed by the police mm. gets grouped in with like robin d'angelo type yeah. type you know anti-racism that really, at the end of the day, is pro-exploitationism. That's mm. what that, you know, um, and and really reinforces capital and the exploitive system, you know, it, it, in almost intentionally. That's that's the money that she's going for, um, mm. Robin D'Angelo. You know, it's a it's a huge industry. Anyway, yeah. would you this, call it a grift? Uh, but here's the thing: I almost feel like a grift. I like grift as something that's intentional, right? Like you know, you're grifting. I think, but wouldn't you call this intentional? I mean. I mean, maybe no, I the, think maybe Rob, the I people, think Robin, maybe the people who are doing the stuff. I would say it isn't a grift because maybe they they truly believe this is the way for black people to get out of. Like maybe they just don't understand. Well, I, I don't, really the goal the, isn't for yeah. black people to get out of the exploitive system to these people. They've already embraced that. Well, not the people who are paying them to say this. Okay, stuff, but I'm talking right, dude, about I, the actual people that like are saying this stuff. Like I feel like you're people. misunderstanding what I'm saying. Okay, what are you saying? Like Robin D'Angelo isn't isn't a grifter because and it's I don't think it's useful to call her that what she's doing is a grift it's a scam yeah and the people paying her know it's a scam and some of the and a lot of the people in her meetings know it's a scam but mm. she herself as this professional i don't think she does i think she's someone that yeah but that's what i'm saying yeah she mm. isn't interested in the like black people escaping the system she mm. isn't interested in those real solutions because not because she doesn't think that maybe morally that they're the right thing, mm. but because that she's embraced that this system is violently enforced. There's nothing we can do about it. The best we yeah. can do is alleviate the racism within the capitalist system. And that's why in her work, like in White Fragility, all the her talk about like racism completely is detached from any power dynamics, right? Mm. So like let's say I'm your boss and I made a comment about your hair. Yeah. Right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, you nappy-headed fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that hurt. Nigga, <laughs> that hurt, bro. <laughs> and, uh, and let's say... <laughs> and, I'm leaving that And in. she'll That's do funny. a whole thing about how I should apologize to you in a meeting we should have at, to, for me to apologize for us to come to an agreement mm-hmm. with no analysis of the fact that you're my employee and I'm your boss. Mm-hmm. Right? Let's say in yeah. the scenario, like, um, we're working at, you know, I'm your boss, Right? And I bring you into a meeting and I go, hey, you know, I'm sorry about that comment. We're good though, right? No issues. You're obviously inclined to be like, you're not trying to have issues with your ball. Like, what the fuck? But her whole book, that doesn't analyze any of that at all. It's just like, Mm. see, and we worked it out. And it's yeah, and that's like the way to solve racism is through conversation, yeah, everything without exactly without any analysis of power or exploitation. Mm. Save, we're just going to be really polite and kind. 
It doesn't yeah. matter if I'm exploiting your labor and poverty and, and, and you know, four century situation. It doesn't matter that I'm exploiting that. What matters is that I apologize for calling you a nappy headed fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, I, and I'm going to work harder on, on, on my that. I'm, I'm going to go to inward rehab. Yeah. <laughs> or nappy headed fuck rehab. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know. It, it, and so there's no, no analysis. And so that's what woke, I think, has really become to mean is these people that. In, in lieu of analyzing power and class, mm-hmm. only want to analyze race. It's yeah. become this hyper race centric term where I think a decade ago it was just used in the black community to describe people who were on the fringes of ideology there. Mm. And now, since it's associated, I think, with black culture, it's like, oh, it's like black race wokeness. It's completely tied to, in, in the, at least the American psyche, to almost race reductionism, right? Mm-hmm. Where where you we're not doing class, we're just doing race. And what's I think really funny is so often the people who get most called wo- the wokes and get lumped in with that are the people who are the race reductionists would call class reductionists who want to talk less about the race, who want to be less like D. Ray and less like Robin D'Angelo and start talking about class and power. Those people then get lumped in. And I think where it's really instructive is like now so many people's response to the woke CIA ad is like, see, the CIA has been taken over by the wokes and they're helping the protesters and they're against us and we're the victims and they're pro-BLM. Everyone's pro-BLM. Like there are a lot of people that think, but even before the CIA ad, that corporations are pro-BLM because they'll put out a tweet that's like, Black Lives Matter, you know, or whatever Mm. the fuck. Um, or, Or just some like a black, like the black square. Like people were after the black squares were like, see, everything's against us and and, and pro them. And it's like, nah, conservative. That's not the case at all. If anything, this black square was a thing against us. Yeah. And and actually the black square, I'm glad I brought up that example. That's an example of what is what the 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 woke elites, quote unquote woke, mm-hmm. the new woke elites, the new version of woke. Mm-hmm. Doing, oh, we're going to post black squares. Woohoo. This yeah. virtue signaling shit. Mm-hmm. And then the people that would have been woke in 2012, the old woke, you know, the real woke, those people are like, fuck, this is fucked up. This is how we're, we're using these hashtags to share communication. You guys are fucking it up. Those are the people that want nothing to do with this, the CIA's version of wokeness. And I have generalized anxiety disorder and imposter syndrome. They want nothing to do with any of that shit. They, I personally, as someone who's, Fucking, I could check a whole lot of boxes myself. I fucking think that shit is is a disservice to the people that are actually under the boot of this exploitation. Mm. You're you're fucking hurt, making their situation worse with that shit. And I and I mean I think people people know that. Um, but I don't know. What's your take on all that? Um, can you repeat that last part again? I'm sorry. I'll cut that. I'll cut that part out. And- I don't really know what I was saying, so yeah. I mean, I'm I'm just I just think um, <clears throat> that you're absolutely spot on, but um, yeah, I don't know. It just some some of that stuff seems like a grift to me, especially with like the woke shit, because it's like I don't know. I was talking about this uh, <clears throat> last night too, like Doctor Umar, whether he was a grift or not. Like I truly believe he believes in some like in a lot of that stuff, but I, I just don't, I don't think that he necessarily gets the entire point either as in terms of like, he puts it all too much on black people to have to 
do everything ourselves when in when in reality it's that's like not gonna, like sure yeah. we should focus on black lives and that should be the issue but i think that should be lumped in with you know workers rights and here's my take on this which is i think almost scarier than these people individually being grifters mm. is that the worst people get kind of cherry picked and brought up to the top like the people with the most the views that are least likely to unite least likely to actually bring an end to exploitation and people who ultimately aren't really threats to the system are the ones allowed to be given platforms and talk Mm. and are the ones uplifted and given corporate opportunities and given money and given backing and given inroads with with young professionals regardless of what their political leanings might be they get more and more pulled into that capitalist world it because not because they're intentionally doing it but because what their grift their personal grift, whether they think it's a grift or not, is useful to the people above them. And I think that's most seen in in a lot of the activists that have become prominent that are like, we talked about it earlier, really race reductionist. Dr. Umar is obviously like a pretty easy example. And not only is he race reductionist where it's like everything's about fuck white people, pro-black people, he himself isn't really that pro-black people. He can be very, very, very... Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I go as far as to call him ra- racist sometimes, which I know I'm out. I'm a white guy calling Dr. Umar racist, but there there are other black activists that come out and say this because he a puts so much of the responsibility on the black community yes. for their situation, which is really white supremacist talking points. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's just like he he has hatred for black people, which if you're trying to organize them, maybe I get in the same way that like I have hatred for liberals because I'm yelling at them all the time trying to get them to do the right thing. Mm. But the way it comes out sometimes, it makes you think, how is it this guy that's become a huge meme and is on The Breakfast Club and has all this, that, and the third opportunities, how is it this guy that's been given these deals and given this money and these donations? You know, you look at it and mm. it's like, it almost feels like it's always the people that are the most bootstrappy. That are the most yeah. white. That are the most uh, friendly to the white power structure and whiteness. Yeah. Um, even though Dr. Umar isn't himself, he's the, he's a bootstrappy guy, and he thinks that people and and that's why there's dimensions of it. I think if you fit one of the boxes that kind of fits into the one of the counter narratives against the left, they'll uplift you and they'll give you a, a spotlight and a platform. Mm. And and it goes right back into the thing we're talking about with wokeness, where like they purposefully do this shit that's incredibly divisive. This woke CIA ad, dude, I mean, this almost feels intentional to me to make it look like the CIA is pro-wokeness and pro-all these things that really, they are fighting to keep the exploitation that hurts all these marginalized groups the most in place. Mm. If you have generalized anxiety disorder, your life under American capitalism is going to suck. And and there's not going to be much that's done to alleviate it. Imposter syndrome was brought up in that video. Imposter syndrome is a direct result of late stage capitalism and a work culture that constantly makes you think that there's a better, more perfect version of yourself that you're striving for. That is never meant to make you feel secure, but insecure so that you work harder neurotically and insanely. That's imposter syndrome. Fucking the fact that she's speaking Spanish, we already touched that shit. But even just the initial quote about it's not a tragedy, my race. It's it's this constant uh this constant bootstrappy mentality that you've seen in in any of the token minorities that get put out there, where it's like, I overcame it. And if you just want to stew in the negativity, that's on you. But I'm going to overcome it. I'm not tragic. I'm uh, I'm whatever the fuck. Bold. Like, that's that's mm. the narrative. Is like, 
I'm going to overcome this in spite of the system. And that's a beautiful, powerful narrative, sure. Mm. But that doesn't help the people who are under the boot of the system being killed by the system. That doesn't help the two black guys I was at a protest with today when four cops walked right past me and a bunch of white people and arrested them too. It doesn't help them. It doesn't. This doesn't help anybody that is actually suffering under the system. And yeah, that happened. I didn't even bring up the protest I went to, but that shit was fucking wild. I don't even want to get into that. But fucking the woke CIA shit... It, and what's crazy is I watched the Tucker segment on it and I played for you guys but it's like nine minutes long he was so pissed and angry about it and it's exactly what I'm talking about Tucker Tucker Carlson is where you go to get the pulse of the white supremacist fucking Republican <clears throat> fucking anti-woke narrative like he's yeah. the spokesman for that so you go and, and, and basically the image that he's trying to put out there is that the CIA and all all the government is against Trump, against you, against Fox News listeners. It's against us. It's against Trump. It's against – and that it is pro-Black Lives Matter, pro-protester, mm-hmm. um, pro all these things. And also that this makes them weak, that this is, this is weakening them. It's this to- It also plays into this toxic masculine thing because a lot of people don't – I don't think get caught up in all that. A lot of Fox News viewers like – I don't think they really care about like the the culture war so much, Mm. but they do have a vested interest in masculinity. So what Tucker Carlson cleverly Mm. did in the middle of his nine minute political rant was go and see what they're trying to do. They're trying to make the CIA weak. Do you want someone with imposter syndrome and generalized anxiety disorder going in? You know, you want a tough, gruff, like basically, you know. Yeah, you we, want a we man. Want a, a we man, want a, a, a big, strong, big, strong, big, strong white man. Yeah. man. <laughs> Which is so funny because I am 100% more terrified of a girl boss than I am of a fucking thick-necked fascist dumbass. Yeah. I am so much more terrified of a bitch with a good resume and a gun <laughs> than I am a fucking, uh, a, a fucking thumb and a gun. A fucking tech deck dude. <laughs> Fuck that. I am way more worried about imposter syndrome, bitch. She'll fucking murder you and hide the body. <laughs> am I wrong? He's a tech deck dude. <laughs> oh my am God. I fucking wrong? You're not wrong, though. No, Bro, no, that dude. sheet scares me more than any other no, fucking... I, other, like, fucking... Uh, she makes Alan Dulles look nice. Like, I fucking... Yeah, yeah that shit's crazy, dog. Yeah, nah. Um, I was, yeah, I was expecting her to be like, I am a CIA super soldier. And I, <laughs> yeah. No, and, and like I, I will kill you at the at the drop of a hat without well, hesitation. That's, that's the underlying thing. Yeah. It's like she's all these things, and I've accomplished. And I and it's like I've sacrificed. What have you sacrificed? What parts of your soul? Because that's a yeah. that's a soul. That's a slowless groveling. Imagine being all those things yeah. and feeling like and what you've I, had I to do to, to oh, get to the point to even be in a CIA. Ad yeah, in the first well, all place. the shit that you had to do, and and how that makes you feel about the other people that share generalized anxiety uh-huh. disorder and your race and all this. Those lazy sacks didn't work as hard as I did. Those fucking, mm. those lowly fucking people, they deserve to fucking, those scumbags, yeah. those criminals, they made those decisions. They could have made decisions like me. Mm. It creates this whole, but anyway, I don't want to get too off track. I have grinded my way to $200,000 a year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? Like. Yeah. I don't want to get into too, like, trying to break down this particular woman, you know. She's she's just a victim of a really horrific ad campaign. Yeah. But I almost feel like this ad campaign is on purpose Because it's like it gives everybody this impression that they're pro-us, pro-justice, pro-racial equality, pro-these things that they actively fight against. And sure, a lot of the people in the CIA might not ideologically be against racial racial equality. They might, yeah, I support racial equality, Mm. but not over the priorities of keeping capitalist exploitation running, which is their job. 
Yeah, <laughs> which exactly. Is, yeah, which, they are paid to do that. Yeah, and so and that's the key thing. Um, and and I just feel like and we're a little over time, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try to thread this thread the needle here. But this this was the same day. The same day, everyone's running around talking about how the government's been taken over by fucking blue-haired Wokies. Joe Biden's administration is fucking pitching the idea that they're going to hire private firms to go after extremists online. Yeah. And now, of course, in the CNN article, they use a photo of right-wing extremists. Mm -hmm. And what's hilarious is the four right-wing extremists they had photos of, one of them isn't even a full-on white right-wing extremist. He's like... Like, you know, he's part of this thing called the Unity Coalition. They're just armed and dressed like Proud Boys. He mm. follows me on fucking Twitter. One of the four guys in this <laughs> You know, you're yeah, dead. I'm being dead ass serious. <laughs> so it's like, when oh, they talk about God. tracking extremists, it's not Proud Boys. It's yeah, us. Yeah. It's like, that's who they're coming after. Mm. But it comes on, so the CNN had, but when it's on the same day as the CNN header and the fucking woke CIA ad, if you're just a normal idiot, you're going to look at it and go, oh, they're going against... The people standing up for the cops and defending freedom. They're going mm-hmm. against my Duck Dynasty looking friend with an AR who talks about the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. When that, Meanwhile, that's not at all who they're going after. Yeah. And this ties into the gun control thing too. When they pass gun control legislation, the Jimmy the Proud Boy isn't losing his AR. But you best believe every black person in the hood is going to be get in jail for fucking gun violations. But fucking, they're not going to go take away the Proud Boy shit. And like, and, and it's it's the same thing with the extremism. We all know who's going to get targeted. And they say right now it's about the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers. Once they have the power to do this, they will always have it to go after whoever. Once they mm-hmm. have these private firms. And also, what's not been talked about in any of these articles is the obvious fact that they're using private firms to get around the constitutional protections that the CIA and FBI, who they would typically use, have to follow. So it's these private firms that aren't bound to the same laws. And we so we're 100% having our rights completely erased, while at the same time, the mainstream narrative is that the CIA has embraced us and we've infiltrated and taken over. Yeah, and, 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 and so it could create a complete schism right yeah, there down like, the like middle where like. reality is and where they are is so far apart yeah. and I have to believe that it's done on purpose that it's manufactured yeah. these people aren't idiots that are in power there are a lot of people that make a ton of money as political consultants and figuring this shit out and think tanks all these people and I think they're really fucking smart I think they've really found a great way to quash any populist uprising quash racial justice their co-option of these woke terms is brilliant because i bet there's a lot of liberal idiots who watched that caa ad and were like wow i'm glad i voted for joe biden yeah we're making joe, Bi- <laughs> joe biden's really you know yep we're making real changes <clears throat> yeah we have people with imposter syndrome in the cia now yeah just completely it. devoid of any analysis we have we have cisgender general type <laughs> anxiety disorder people. what the fuck yeah bro it, that that to me like, even if I was going to do an ad that was to cater to the woke and make me seem like pro all these progressive things, yeah, that's not how I'd word it. It no. almost feels worded to make Tucker Carlson mad. It's yeah. like worded for Fox News clips. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, you just, like, throw out the, the buzzwords. Like, yeah. the, the few buzzwords. I'm shocked she didn't go they, them. Like, yeah, like, like yeah. oh, yeah, my no, my pronouns. Yeah, like, I'm he, shocked they didn't he, do that. She, I'm and, shocked they didn't do the pronouns. And, not that I'm anti-pronoun on this podcast. I have yeah, pronouns yeah. my bio and shit. I, you know, I, I, I admittedly mainly did because it pisses off the people I hate the most. But fucking, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm shocked they didn't do that because it almost felt tailor made just to like piss the because that's what they do every day. They every day it's how do we get these fucking nut jobs crank them up to eleven, so mm. it pisses them off while building this narrative that like they're the persecuted ones 
and that we're winning culturally. Because mm. they need, they use the culture war. We have no real power. They use the cultural power and the cultural concessions they give us to then create the backlash against us from the right wing mm. in general, but especially the fringe extremists, like the ones who fucking threaten to kill us. Like that, you know, that's who they're emboldening with this shit. Um, and and ugh, the CIA knows what the fuck it's doing. That ad something that was not just because they want to be uh pro people with generalized anxiety disorder yeah no. that had had a sinister intentions to it and obviously they know they're not selling to people that the cia is woke like they know it that fell on entirely deaf ears except for dumb liberals that worship the cia anyway mm-hmm. and right wingers who they want to further infuriate that didn't win over any leftists or quote-unquote woke people to be like, yeah, I'm pro-CIA now. It didn't do that. Yeah, yeah. And they had to know that. because and So I have to look at it that that <laughs> well, wasn't well, the maybe, intention maybe, of it. Maybe Vosh liked maybe it. Maybe Vosh <laughs> liked it. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah. Allegedly. Um, yeah, no, I'm sure there's some social Democrats that thought it was great. But those people, you know, they're, you could j- jangle keys in front of their face and they clap. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I, I so real quick. Do you want to go back to? I think um, it's like I think a lot of the people in the woke culture are grifters, mm. but I think it like it almost becomes. I think we have to analyze how people become that way, and they don't even realize they're doing a grift. They're just following the incentive structures, yeah. and I kind of think you got to look at like <clears throat> the elite institutions, what they teach, the corporations who they're paying to do these things, these diversity trainings, what that incentivizes uh-huh. and, and that kind of class of people that that creates. And like, cause like Robin D'Angelo, I don't think that she's actively trying to leave power analyses out of her book. I think she's someone who like many social Democrats and bread tubers and liberals and neoliberals and conservatives have given up on any, be- any better world or any resistance to it. So it's to her, it's not a grift. It's the best you could do in the system. It's it, well better. I make this money than you know some right winger. It's a her. It's not even a grift. It's I'm doing the right thing. Um, and 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 I think understanding that about the liberal mindset is so necessary to take the mm. next step because it's like, how do we confront that incentive structure? How do we challenge that? Um, and and it goes kind of goes into the clout thing, like because people are incentivized for clout and the and the payments and getting the diversity trains and getting hired. So I think people almost naturally lean a certain way. And Robin D'Angelo's refusal to analyze power allowed her to be number one on the best New York Times bestseller list. So it's all worth looking at because the more you fit in to the system, people, the less you challenge, the, the more successful you are. Mm-hmm. And I think that formula of the less you challenge, the more successful you are, that's the essence of grifting. When we are calling people grifters, especially like fake leftists. I think oftentimes they're people who are groveling and are aspirational and want to chat are incentivized, whether it's subconsciously or not, to challenge less so that they get more opportunities. And in their twisted version of events, that's what's going to free and liberate people is when they get picked for being a goody goody good boy and get a gold star from Mm -hmm. the teacher. But spoiler alert, the teacher left. There's no substitute teacher coming back. We're all in this classroom alone. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> take that as you will. With the door, doors unlocked too. But <laughs> nobody's walking through it. Yeah. <laughs> we're just all fighting with each other. Yeah. Throwing paper balls. But um, 
50 episodes. Wow. Pretty crazy. uh, Yeah, it's a lot, man. That's a... Thank you guys. God damn, that's uh, so much talking. It's so much talking. And then if I think about the amount of listeners we have. So Mm. like, all right. Some episodes are under a thousand, but some are like way over. So mm. like it's let, let's say a thousand listeners an episode. It's probably more than that, but let's say it, on average a thousand listeners an episode for fifty episodes. If they're an hour, that's like fifty thousand hours of people listening to us talk. Jesus Christ! Do something better with your man hours, people. Do yeah. Something. <laughs> do <the movie. laughs> This is not a good. Well, it is a good use. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Yeah. Honestly, I'm glad. I hope the real goal of this is that we comfortably sit here and talk about these topics, even though it gets a little intense. We we sit here and we provide a space that you guys can tune out of their bullshit, tune into our bullshit, and mm. escape the constant pressures and in because it's the pressures and the bourgeois propaganda is in every conversation you have. It's in everything you look at. And we just want to create a space where people can liberate their minds a little bit, think about other concepts, thinks about things from like another perspective, and hopefully feel a little less crazy. Yeah. Because I know how I felt before I had this space to talk and communicate and have people listen to me. Like honestly, I gotta thank the viewers because so like this has been so huge for me in feeling like oh, I'm not crazy. People agree with me. People want to listen to it. People are gonna DM us and be like oh, at this point you know engage with us. That makes me feel like, whoa, I'm not the only one seeing this shit. And I guess my hope is that I can do that for someone else that's listening to this. And especially for our like younger viewers, I can kind of look at the age. I know we have a lot of younger viewers. Like, I know how how fucking un- insurmountable the, the pressures felt when you're in school and you're not financially independent and you're under the rule of your parents and teachers and all these authority figures who, by the way, are losers – um and yeah, <laughs> yeah your, and, your parents are losers um, <laughs> just kidding well they might be i don't know might them, be but, who knows but if they're on your ass about your politics they probably are mm. and uh and, and yeah. i just it, it can feel insurmountable and i hope that this has been a space that you guys can come tune out and listen and feel like you know you're not crazy you're not alone in this and, and we're all in this together yeah i agree and i think it's been good for me just to like I don't know, be able to learn. Yeah. Mostly. I, I'm just taking this as more of a learning experience more than anything. By episode and 14, then, he had a pick in his hair and a, and a, a leather jacket. Uh, yeah. I, like a black panther. I was going to work and scaring all of my coworkers. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, but, it's, it's been but, really awesome to see your progression, man. And like, if, it's just like, I, I think the most important thing is to like, I don't know, not to not be afraid to look dumb. Or to look stupid at any point because, you know, nobody's fucking perfect yeah. in this thing. And, like, they're going to say anything about you regardless. So not yep. being afraid of what backlash may come of just, like, making a bad point or something yeah. like that. You know what I mean? No, because, like, instead of canceling, this goes back to the, our cancel culture point, but instead yeah. of canceling, we should educate, you know? And yep. I think this is a, a good place to even just hear an alternative, you know what I mean? Yeah, and grown uh, other other than their tongue. Other than the YouTube algorithm special of the conservative, you know, the conservative yeah, with 100K the views and, and the yeah. Candace Owens and all these other people, dude. It's so crazy how that space is, like, YouTube really, like, the conservative algorithm bumps them, like, mad. Like, it's yep. nuts. But No, it's nuts. And I, I feel mm. like I've noticed that, too. There were things that mm. I think you were afraid to say mm. early on. You listen to early episodes, you're a lot quieter. And I think, I hope that other people get from this. 
speak your mind. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't hold your tongue and you shouldn't let these things feel insurmountable or mm-hmm. so real. And these narratives feel so concrete and mm-hmm. real, even if you don't believe them, that you can't mm-hmm. speak out against them. They're not yeah. bigger than you. Um, they're, they're only bigger than some people's imagination. Yeah. And, and you really just have to speak. Yeah. Never hold your tongue. Um, and I, you know, I worded it, no ground man should ever hold their tongue. No one should ever hold their tongue. No child should hold their tongue. Mm-hmm. So much is done to oppress and keep children. Like this education system, I swear to God, you ask an adult, oh, that's how the world is. People embrace and accept things because they just have to as adults. Kids believe in something different. They, mm-hmm. they don't buy that this is the way that things have to be. And that's why they, they keep kids the most down and the yeah. most entrapped. And, and I really believe that. And so even if you're a kid, don't hold your tongue. And don't don't let them tell you that you got to respect your elders and listen to them because they don't fucking know shit. Uh, especially if they're your teacher, how the fuck do they end up there? <laughs> no yeah, disrespect exactly. to teachers, but like <laughs> <laughs> you're not gonna make I that mean, much yeah. and tell me shit about the world. Um, I mean, and yeah. and yeah, and pay teachers more though. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> but you know, yeah, no. But but you know, I just yeah. Oh. Yeah, I hope this has been a good space. But yeah, we love you, listeners, and um, much love, much love. And it's been a, it's been an awesome fifty episodes, and hopefully we'll do another fifty more, another hundred more, another one fifty more. Um, hopefully yeah. it never ends. Yeah. Um, or hopefully we win and the police state crumbles and we ha- we can stop. And we can't. And we can uh, dilute this podcast yeah. into like we a, can start talking I, about fun. We can do yeah, a comedy podcast. Exactly. Yeah. It would be the worst comedy. It would be podcast. so bad. <laughs> Um, yeah, but so hey, man, what what did you think about the Jake Paul this weekend? I'm just, I was making <laughs> shitty jokes about Jake Paul. Like, that's what we'll become. Um, but you know what we say to that? Fuck no, baby. Fuck no, baby. Anyway, last right, thing. Play, hold on, we didn't really use the soundboard. Yeah, play yeah. the rest of the things that we okay, got. Okay, so we so we got the one um, on the right, the the classic Drewski. What do you mean by that? <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> that that's the one. Something like I feel like that'll get used a yeah. lot. Uh, then we got the, the, of course, the E forty. The yep. And then we got along a couple along with that. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and then for our final one, we've got uh, whatever uh, the insurrection. Chuck Schumer. The, Chuck Schumer. Yeah. Whatever the insurrection is mentioned on this podcast, we're gonna try Donald and hit this. John Trump incited the erection. <laughs> <laughs> and there'll be plenty more yeah uh, we'll be adding to added. it if you have suggestions dm us and we'll add oh please the please just send us six second clips of just funny shit yeah we can just we, put it we in will here. add it um yeah also follow our instagram i think we're going to be raising money for a bail fund this week and uh like none of you follow us so at yeah. inside agitator please follow us do that shit um all right well shit uh that was an awesome episode um good chat Mm-hmm. Yeah, fucking, I can't believe, like, same day, that everyone's like, yep, the Wokes have won, while Biden announces that they're going to set the Pinkertons on us again. <laughs> so it's like, I really can't fucking believe it. Yeah. Really some wild shit. But uh, everyone, keep your heads up, and just don't let this shit get to you. We got to keep fighting. And uh, get out in the streets. If you're vaccinated, it's nice out. Go, 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 go meet some people. Go to a protest. And uh, keep going, too. Sometimes you go to one and it takes one or two before people get to know you and comfortable with you, realizing you're not a proud boy, and you know you make some friends and go because that's what this is about. It's it, it, this is about community. It's about love. It's about standing up for one each one another. And you can't do that posting online and on BreadTube. You gotta get out yeah, in the real world. Yeah, that's right. And I'm not telling you not to listen to this podcast. But, uh, I'm not telling you not to engage with these materials. I'm not telling you not to research and learn. Mm-hmm. I think that's all important. But what's equally important is getting out in the streets. 
and standing in solidarity with your brothers and sisters. So if I can give one piece of advice to people, please go out and do that. Yes, sir. All right. Good place to leave it. Good place to leave it. All right. We love you guys. All right. Peace.